where we are still looking at advice proverbs to the young. And by young, we mean anybody younger than you. How many of you are willing to admit how old you are today? Okay. Okay. Is there anybody younger than you are? Okay. Well, these are these are for you to share with them. Okay. Anybody younger than you? It's not just talking about youth or children. It deals with young marrieds and and uh, people that are just younger than you are. So it's to the youth. So, alrighty. It's. On your outline, we're looking at Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Section 8. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, that's that's a governmental term, I guess. For those that are younger than you, uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 27. I'm not sure how far we will get today. Because there's so much meat in these Proverbs, uh, a quality of things that goes very, very deep that we don't want to miss out on. Proverbs 4.23 and following. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, your heart, spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. And put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Whoa. There's so much in there, I don't know where to start. But I think I'll start with the first part. Natsar. It means, it's the word that's translated, keep. Keep your heart. Natsar is a Hebrew word that means to guard, to protect, to maintain, to secure. It... Uh, in olden times, in castle days in England and Europe, they would have what was called the castle keep. It was a secure place where if they were under attack, the high heads of the government would run to there. So the people had to get through many defenses to get to them. Have you ever heard the word, it'll keep, the, the phrase, it'll keep? Yes. What do we mean by that? It'll stay. It'll stay. It, it, you know, it, it'll, it'll be okay. It'll keep. So the, the concept of the word natsar in the Hebrew is to guard something, to protect something, to maintain, to secure something. And we're going to find out what we're supposed to secure here in just a moment. To secure your heart. And the, the word translated heart here is lib. 
and it refers to your mind, will, emotions, the core of you, your spirit. So the instruction there is guard or keep or secure or protect or maintain your spirit, your, the core of you, your mind, your will, your emotions. We want to talk today about how to secure it, how to guard the innermost parts of yourself, how to preserve it, keep an eye on it, and uh, we want to look at what that actually means. So let's take a, just a piece at a time. How can we guard our feelings, emotions? Do they need to be guarded and watched yes, yes, and yes, secure? Yes. Uh, we need to keep a sharp watch over our emotions and our feelings. And I got a lot of nods. Why do we need to do that, though? They will get you in trouble if you follow. They will get you in trouble. Uh, the feelings and emotions are so random. And uh, how many of you were sleeping peacefully last night until you heard that siren? How many of you got to hear that siren? Oh, my goodness. I don't respond well to sirens. I had a text this morning, had a... A Facebook post from Tammy, she says, guess what? Teenagers can hear sirens. <laughs> Found what they need to do to wake her teenagers up in the morning. It's hard to get teenagers out of bed sometimes. But uh, one thing like that, how many of you, your heart kind of races or, or when you hear a siren? Yeah. Like when the phone rings. Only if it's behind me. When the phone rings, what, what, Marcia? Early in the morning. Yeah, when the phone early rings hours. in the wee hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. Tom, what were you saying? Where's Tom? Oh, there he is. Yeah, the siren only scares me if it's behind me when I'm driving. Oh. <laughs> and what does that do to your emotions? You can be driving along, having a wonderful time, Whistling, singing along with songs on the radio until you hear or see those flashing lights. Yeah. And what does that do to your emotions? What I mean, you were perfectly fine a second before. What does that do to you? What do I do now? What a, oh my. Oh my. Oh no. Oh no. How many of you have ever been tempted to try it out running? <laughs> what? I did it once. You did it? I tried, I tried, and then I checked. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager, stupid, so. Enough uh, <laughs> said. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there, this is a true story. I don't know the names involved, but it's it's a true story that I I uh, read years ago that there was a man who was speeding on the freeway, and the police officer clocked a hundred miles an hour and pulled him over and didn't give him a ticket. You know why? Oh, 
Because he gave him the best answer and reason for speeding. And he started laughing and he couldn't stop laughing. He says, oh, just, just go. Just slow down. <laughs> what he said was, when I looked in the rearview mirror, I thought you were bringing my ex-wife back to me. <laughs> and the police officer, oh my goodness. I just had to leave. Everybody remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line, but you'd have trouble using that particular yes. line that way. You have to reframe it. If it was a female officer. Good husband. <laughs> <He's> crying. <laughs> crying. 
Valentine's Day, and I and I, I got Linda some roses, some nice red roses, and and I also I said, you know, I'm going all out here. I'm going to go get her some stuff from Anthony Thomas. Oh. And Anthony Thomas has a whole range of sugar-free candies, and. Uh, so I went in with thoroughly good intentions, <laughs> and I and I, I walked in, and I was feeling really good. I was feeling, I became feeling really bad when I saw this ticker price. I thought, holy smokes! Oh my goodness! From the time I got back, they keep the sugar-free stuff way in the back, and it's more expensive. <laughs> Why should it be more expensive? You don't put as much stuff in it. Well, well. So I, so I. By the time I got back there, I said, "Well, I'm just going to get a nice." Well, I wasn't feeling as happy as I was uh, when I went in. Here, I'm just going to get her a beautiful heart-shaped box of. No, I'm not. I'm going to get her a little rectangular box. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was, you know, I, did, I signed up for a loan and, and uh, got it. Now, but my, my heart was in the right place. I, I was keeping my heart. My heart was in the right place, but my feelings got uh, the best of me. I was, my plan was to buy her a box of the sugar-free chocolates which I did, and I grabbed one of those, and then I walked up to the front, and there they had their chocolate-dipped strawberries. And, and, and I said, you know, that was the other thing. I, I saw it advertised on TV, and she said, oh, that looks good. Well, I thought it looked good, you know? So I said, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to get her both of those things. And then I realized she would have beat me up if I, if I bought the... It was 65 bucks for a box of chocolate covered strawberries. You're a good man. It's, I didn't buy it. I did not buy it. It's a dollar And I, I, I bought the other chocolate, but I did not buy the. the and she says, I would have hit you if you spent that much on me. So. Uh, my feelings were all over the place just walking through Anthony Thomas. You know, why should you feel bad walking into a candy store? Real quick, anything else that can make you mess up your feelings? The devil will work on your feelings. He will poke at you and prod at you and make you feel bad and point out the negative. Uh, in psychology class years ago, they used to do these little testing things that uh, to point out how easily we are messed with. And they took a piece of paper and they put one black dot on it. And they asked you, what do you see? One tiny, bitty, bitty black dot. And 99% of the people, myself included, said, I see a black dot. He says, nobody said they saw a white piece of paper with one tiny black dot. 
your focus was on the one black thing on the on a whole sheet of paper that and they began they computed out the infinitesimal percentage that that one tiny dot was over all the white that there was but we have a huh so being a black dot yeah. <laughs> I didn't know your name was Dorothy, but uh, but but we have a tendency, and our feelings can go up and down depending on on what we see, what we witness, what we experience. Uh, the weather can do it. Amen. When the sun's shining bright, I've told you before about my experiences when I pastored in the Greater Cleveland area. And up in Cleveland, if you've never lived up there, from October through May, you do not see the sun. It's gunmetal gray skies. My, my counseling was through the roof all winter long with depression and marital spats and everything else. But everybody was fine when the sun came out. It changed everything. Memories can trigger your feelings. Uh, who is in the room can trigger the feelings. If we allow our feelings to guide us, we will wind up in a mess. Therefore, the scripture says, Keep your heart, your feelings, with all diligence. So it's not just your feelings, though. Keep your, um, your mind. Mind, will, and emotions is all a part of that word, live. And uh, why do we, what can mess us up with our mind if we don't keep it? Is it important to... Keep your mind and your thought life in a good way. Why is that? All you have to do is listen to the news. Uh -huh. <laughs> you listen to the news, it, uh, it'll mess with your mind. What are some other reasons that our mind can, uh, if we don't guard it, if we don't protect it, we don't secure it, we just allow other everything to flow through there. Yeah. It could affect your health. It can affect your health? Yeah. Many there are many illnesses that are what we call psychosomatic. That I know people that they can talk themselves into sick. Do you know people like that? They can just talk themselves into sick. Uh, I have a I have a dear friend who used to be the this lady's pastor. This lady would go online and uh, she'd have one symptom and by the time she's done looking at all what it could be, she's convinced she has all those things. And she's just a mess. Just a mess. You need to guard, keep your mind with all diligence. Your thought life can destroy you. Before you take an action, you think it. You don't want to own a medical yeah. dictionary for sure. What? I said you don't want to own a medical dictionary for sure. 
Oh, medical dictionary. Oh, medical dictionary. Let's see. How do I feel today? If you put your symptoms of how you feel into one of those things online, get ready, honey. You're going to be. I know some of you have doctors that, and you've told me about this, that they tell you about five or six things that might be happening to you because of the symptoms you have, and aren't you glad that most of them, they were wrong. They were wrong. I told you my grandma, she, whatever you had, she knew somebody that died from it. Such a comfort, such a comfort. We've got to guard our minds. We'll find out why in a minute, but we need to guard our minds, and uh, our minds our will, our choices and our will. There is such a thing as called willpower. Why do we need to guard our will and our desires? Why do we need to guard that? You Keep it. Huh? You wind up losing. You don't really you will. You just wind up and losing. We had a guy that was at a speech impediment and he would tell us, you, you're a bunch of woozers. So we always did a W for woozer. <laughs> but, you know, it'll mess you up. Uh, your will, why is that so significant? The part of you that makes decisions and choices. Why is that so? It's what you told me. Rash decisions yes. cause regrets. Oh. Rash decisions cause regret. There's a reason in the, the Jewish concept of death and grief is that you do not make any major decisions for at least a year. And you have godly counsel, the comforter, the paraclete is alongside with you during your grieving period. Because people have a tendency yes. to make really bad decisions yes. Yes. when their will is affected. So, so, your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit, the core, the real you, why do we need to guard our spirit? Well, if you watch, you watch the, some of the programs that are on, sometimes you just get desensitized. Um, you know, and, and you have to be very, very careful uh, of, of what you're watching. We, be, we become desensitized, we become numb. Uh, the core of us no longer is bothered by sin uh, or uh, outrageous behavior. I, I praise God that I'm still upset. How many of you watch TV and a commercial comes on and you get upset? How many of you know I mean, just a few minutes and I'm, you know, I'm so glad I'm like that though. I'm so glad that sin still upsets me. Yes. Yes. That it 
It repulses me. I get angry about it. And uh, so we need to, we haven't gotten very far in our verse yet. <laughs> verse 23, keep, guard, maintain, secure, protect your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit. And it says with all diligence. What is diligence? Aggressive behavior, diligence. What else? Don't give up. Don't give up. Persistent. Persevering. Diligent. How would you describe? How many of you have ever had people work for you? Nobody? Work under you, under your direction. Can you tell if they're, boy, this is a terrible illustration, and nobody. <coughs> when, I, when I was director up at Heartland, I had some workers under me that were diligent. I gave them and assigned them a task, and I knew. They were going to do the task no matter what. I had others that were not so. And you had to check on them. And oh, I hate that, that part of it. You know, you had uh, five to seven hundred bed facility across the grounds and we have people that are out taking a nap in one of the the Royal Ranger Lodge or whatever. <laughs> and then people would rat them out, you know, can, is that what that, taking a nap? Thank you. <laughs> that made your day, didn't make mine, you know, ratting them out. Uh, some people were just not diligent. And therefore somebody else has to pick up the slack. We are to keep our heart secure, maintain, protect, our mind, will, emotions, feelings, our very spirit, diligently, not haphazardly, not occasionally, persistently, progressively, and aggressively. Why? We're, we're, we're going to make it to the second half of that first verse now. The second part of that verse, keep your heart secure, protect, maintain your heart, mind, will, emotions, and spirit with all diligence. Keep at it. Why? Second part of the verse. Okay, yeah. I believe we can just completely get out of God's will. Yeah. One little step. Yeah. You know, you're out. Yeah. Somebody read it for me. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it spring or flow the issues of life. The core of you, your emotions, your spirit, your, the real you, your, your decisions, all of those things affect how you're going to live your life. And we need to guard it because the enemy 
is on the attack at every one of those levels. He does not give up. He is diligent. It's one of those things, it's like people would say, well, uh, what do you think about the Jehovah's Witness? And, and I said, well, they are diligent. They are persistent. <laughs> I don't like what they're doing, but they are after it. They are, they are out there doing it. Uh, you got to give them credit for that. It doesn't give them any credit in heaven, but because you got, must be born again, not, not just busy. But they're diligent. Satan is diligent. It's one of the hallmarks of who he is. He said, I will exalt my throne above God. He's, he's been trying to do that. Getting people to follow him and worship him since day one. Or day one. Everything in your life flows out of your heart. We need to guard it because it's under attack. We need to it be the castle keep of our heart. The place you go for refuge when you're under attack. You, it needs to be protected. Everything flows out of the heart. What? I don't know if I put it up here or not. Let's see. We need to keep a sharp watch on these things. We've talked about that. I keep forgetting to punch the button. We're to keep it with all. Let's do that. Let's describe doing something with diligence. What would be something that you do with diligence? Pray. What? Pray. Pray with diligence. Read your Bible. Read your Bible with diligence. Uh, it's, it's not an option. It's you pursue it. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm with you. I, I pursue eating with diligence. I pursue eating. It's it's the it's the family joke. We're sitting down. We were sitting down to lunch yesterday. Okay, a luscious lunch. We've been trying to do so much better. Lynn and I both had a ramen noodle cup with hot water for lunch. <laughs> that all? That was it. So proud. That was it. Better than what? That was it. And so, she knows I'm going to do it. I said, what are we having for supper? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very diligent about my eating. So it's important because out of it, out of our heart, out of our will, out of the centermost core of our being comes the issues of life. And the word there in the Hebrew is tau, try to pronounce this one, tau, tau, just write it, don't, don't try to pronounce it. And it means Boundary lines. Boundary lines. I need somebody to look up and read Psalm 119, 9 through 11. We'll do that in court. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. You'll do it. Okay. 
in a minute, folks. You know why? 
You know why there's no fence? There was a fence. It was a really nice chain link fence. There was no gate in it. It was a fence. All the way up. Caught all the trash, too. <laughs> Catch all the debris. It caught the trash. It was a good trash catcher. But you know why we ultimately had to take the fence down? Because people trampled it. They destroyed it by walking over it and climbing on it. And it got to the place where it was a hazard because they would stomp on it and, and bend the aluminum in the, in the poles until they were just a sharp edge and then they would run them until it broke. And then they would, they would use wire cutters and cut the, the chain link. And ultimately we had to just take the whole thing out. Because there was a boundary line, but people kept crossing it. And there's no boundary line over there anymore. And nothing catches that trash. It's over there now. It's on the, other, it's on the tree line over there. It's like the Royal Rangers out there to pick that stuff up. But you see, we are to guard, keep, secure, and maintain our heart. Because out of our heart, our mind, will, emotions, and spirit flow the issues of life, the boundary lines that we operate under. And if we trample over those, maybe they, they were there when we were growing up, they were taught to us, but we've not maintained them. We've trampled over them so often they just aren't a boundary anymore. That's why it's so important. The issues of life flow out of your heart. The scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I won't get there. <laughs> I read your notes. So. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, well, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Now let's look at the second verse of this study today. Keep your heart with diligence, with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. I like the, the one translation says, put perverse lips in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Just be of distant memory. What is a deceitful mouth? Lying. Lying? Cursing, maybe. Cursing? If you look if you look it up, I'm not even gonna I don't think I put this one in there. This this is such a a difficult Hebrew word. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. It is, let me just spell it for you, and you'll see why I don't want you to learn this word. I-Q-Q-E-S-H-U-W-T-H. Forward. What is it? Forward? Crooked. Still, 
crooked. Forward is spelled. Yes, forward is <laughs> crooked. Forward that way, crooked is that way. What is a deceitful or a crooked mouth? Deceitful. False lying. False lying, but it's there's ratchet a little bit closer. It's not just lies. It's more like half-truths. Think back to the Garden of Eden. Did Satan totally lie or twist the truth? He twisted it. He twisted the truth. It was a half truth. It was a, he would phrase it as a question. Uh, are you not allowed to eat everything in the garden? That's not what God said. That's like that one black dot on a white sheet of paper. You know? yeah. uh, focus in on the thing, one thing different. No, God didn't say that. It's half truth. God said you weren't to eat everything in the garden. But he didn't say you weren't to eat absolutely nothing from the garden. And uh, Satan used half-truths. And he used half-truths in so much of the time. When you look at the temptations of Jesus, he used scripture as half-truths. Ooh, can you do that? He did it. He used actual scriptures from the Psalms on one occasion and other places and phrased them in such a way, and here he is, he's so touched. He's trying to deceive the one who wrote it because he's the author. He's the living word. He's trying to deceive the one who was the author. And, and by half-truths. You say, well, why would he do that? Because he thought he could get away with it. <clears throat> he still uses half-truths more than whole lies. Uh, as I was thinking about this and studying it, some of my memories came back. How many of you remember you used to watch westerns? I like westerns. Well, every once in a while we get a good western on it. It was sad to me. I was reading a uh, survey that uh, a lot of our current generation have no idea who John Wayne was. Exactly. <coughs> Don't know who John Wayne was. And uh, Randolph Scott, they have no clue in the world who Randolph Hopalong Cassidy, they think he was a football player for OSU. No. <coughs> but in the old westerns, how many of you remember this? This was in so many old westerns when they're <coughs> The Indians have attacked. The Native Americans, excuse me, have attacked. They have surrounded and they have brought one of the people up to speak to the Native American chief. And chief, he come, he said, white man speak with fork and tongue. Huh? 
does. He came as a serpent. Came as a serpent. And we follow that, the satanic side of that through the scriptures. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter 12. <coughs> Matthew chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verse 34. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the chief priests. He calls them, verse 34, got it? Got it? We there? Say amen if you're there. Amen. Matthew 12, 34. Brood of vipers, snakes in the grass. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the... Are you there? Are you ready? Yeah. Are you yes. ready yes. for the verse that I, I told you? I told you we were going there. For out of the abundance of the heart, what we've been talking about, keeping your heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men will speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, ooh, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. You say, I don't believe that. I don't think that's, well, think about it. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, we're saved, okay? We have salvation. But if we do not confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and if we do not believe with our heart that God has raised him from the dead, uh, we're lost. So what we say and what we confess to him, if we confess our sins, that's speaking, right? That's we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, and so we're justified by the words that we speak in that realm, okay? But if we refuse to confess our sins, what happens to our sin? It's on us. We're going to be talking about that Sunday morning. The meaning of the cross. So, I'm not going to go too heavily here into the, the tongue, because we're going to find more about that in, later on in, in the Proverbs, of what we say and what we, what we do. But, uh, Jesus was accusing the Pharisees of speaking with, oh, good tongue, huh? Yeah. They were just like a viper, they're just like the devil. Half-truths, twisted truths, even <coughs> twisting scripture around to try and trick Jesus. 
Doesn't it say, doesn't the word say, he will give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against the stone? Yeah, it says that in the Psalms. But it's not telling you to go jump off a cliff. He twists the words. Deceit. Don't have a deceitful mouth. Let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay. And we, we are living in a time when that is not the, the course of what's happening. We have people that try to twist God's word so that it doesn't sting, it doesn't challenge, it doesn't convict, it only makes you comfortable. And that's an abuse of God's word. That is deceitful. That's a deceitful tongue. We're not just talking about, about sinners lying to you. You expect that. But Christians twisting God's word and being deceitful with it. Uh, there are individuals who are out there preaching and teaching, writing books that people are buying, selling millions of copies, and they're twisting God's word to make it say something that lets them sell more books. Yeah. Ah, have you read that so-and-so? Well, no, I haven't. Well, I read one of it, and it was so packed full of deceitful lies, I had to put it down. Well, what? I says, there are so many. Where do you want me to start? You see, sometimes I read for pleasure, but many times I read uh, to find out what's really going on because Satan is alive and well, even in the church world, sending out deceiving, deceptive words, deceitful words. For, speak with forked tongue. Ah, ah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to get stuck on my Indian... Chief Rice in Sadi, he not speak for tongue, no, he he tell You betcha. There'll never be anybody as good as Clayton Moore is the Okay. So back to those verses. Before we move on, yeah, we can move on a little bit. Keep, guard, secure, maintain, protect your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your very spirit with all diligence and persistence. For out of it, your heart, spring the boundary lines of your life. Put away from you a deceitful forked tongue mouth and put perverse twisted lips far from you. And then it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. He got something against peripheral vision? No. <laughs> Listen to what he's saying. Let your eyes look straight ahead 
and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. So, you know I found a song about that. <laughs> I found a song. I found a song about that. And we'll get to it eventually. But, but uh, <coughs> it's an old spiritual. We've told you before how that in the days of slavery, the missionaries would come and teach English through Bible stories to the slaves. And the slave owners thought, well, what's the problem here? No problem. You know, they're just they're just our slaves. But they were teaching them about salvation and also taught them how to get on the Underground Railroad and, and get out of slavery and into freedom. And many of the spirituals were taking Bible stories and Bible verses and teaching them to those in slavery. And we'll be looking at one of those in just a little bit. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. What, what in the world does that mean? It's like having blinders. Yeah, you got, you know, there's distractions on either side. In the olden days when, well, you still see it when you go over to Amish country, the horse and buggy, they do not want the horse seeing everything that's going on. Because if the horse sees some movement over there, he, he may, you know, go that direction or be scared by it. You see, they keep the blinders on so that they're only focused on what their job is. Going that way. That way. And we need to put some blinders on because we can easily get off track if we're not focused right down the middle, right down the square front. And there's all kinds of distractions. We don't have time to get into all of those distractions. But how many would admit there's distractions out there? Are you wanting to share something? or Squirrel. Christmas tree. 
and, and and they went out of the room, they came back in, and all of the little pine cones that she had decorating around were little pieces of pine cones. <laughs> and he gave her the look like, thanks for bringing me toys. Uh, easily distracted. I'm easily distracted. How many of you are easily distracted? <laughs> Have you ever been driving down the road and no. see something? <laughs> the person shall remain nameless. I'm not going to share the name. But when I first got here, somebody took me out for visitation. <laughs> And all the board members said, Pastor, don't do it. Don't, don't write it. Don't write it to them. It's not safe. And so I had an appointment to go out and visit some of the shut-ins and this individual who shall remain nameless. Walking on streets of gold right now, but couldn't drive worth a leg. And, 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 but he showed up and he pulled up. Said, oh, just get in. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll drive. And, and, and I, I, I did. I did. And uh, he has... Three phone books underneath him so he can see over the dashboard. Okay. That should have been my hint. You were warned. I was warned. Every one of them warned me. And he's driving. But as he's driving on the interstate. Well, Ken, how's it going? We're so glad to have you here. We've crossed three lanes to drive. Oh, dear Jesus. Help me. Help him. Easily distracted. You know, he didn't intend to go three three lanes over, but he was diverted. We went to visit the first lady, Helen, Helen Ring. Everybody remember Helen Ring? Yeah. Went to visit Helen Ring, and, and uh, I'm talking with Helen and introducing myself, getting to know her. And he's, our brother is distracted. And he, he reaches over and he says, I'm, I'm going to eat some of your your snacks over here. And he reached in and grabbed a handful and she says, I don't think you'll like it, it's potpourri. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we can all be easily distracted. Easily distracted. And uh, we need to keep our eyes straight forward. It's not saying that we shouldn't notice things, but don't be disrupted by them. Let your eyes look straight ahead. That's pretty clear. This is, the, this is the one that's a little tough to understand. And your eyelids look right before you. What in the world is that talking about? Are you sleeping? No, your eyelids look right, look right before you. Everybody kind of squint with your eyelids down a little bit. Okay? Well, you can see clearer like that. Well, I can't. <laughs> well, you're not to be looking at the right or left. But you can see, I can't see the ceiling when I do that. No, I can't. I can see specific things when I squint my eyelids down. If we walk in to life wide-eyed, we're going to see the birds fly that way. <coughs> How many of you have ever had floaters in your eye? Any, yes. Anybody know what? Yeah. What's that do for you? 
Isn't that a hoot? Whoa! I, I thought something was crawling on the page of my Bible one day. I, whoa! Oh, yeah. There's distractions above in the world. There's distractions beside. And it's saying, focus in. Just be determined. You say, you look like you're angry. I'm not angry. I'm just focused. Not wide-eyed so I can see everything in the room. See, I have to... You say, well, how do you preach up there? And some people just put a period there. How do you preach? No. Uh, how do you preach up there when you see all the stuff that's going on? So I don't look at the stuff going on in the sanctuary. I, I have to... I have to focus in on what I'm doing. Because if I look around and I say, well, that one's sound asleep. <laughs> They're playing video games over there. <laughs> They're laying down. They're, they're typing Colonel Sanders for what they're going to pick up. You know, if I look at that stuff, did you see something? No, I did not. You know, I... I I didn't see it. Back when we were in the in the shutdown for a few weeks uh, and nobody was allowed to come to service, we put puppets out. All, Muppets all over the sanctuary so I had somebody to preach to. Because all I had was the worship team. And and uh, so we had we had put different Muppets in different poses. Depending on who usually sat in that spot. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was fun. But you have to focus. You have to focus at what what's at hand. You have to focus at what what's at hand. And uh, it says, let your let your eyes look straight ahead. Don't be distracted by what's going on every place else. Your eyelids. Focus in. Don't be worried about what's flowing over top, flying over top. Ponder the path of your feet. Watch where you're walking. Watch where you're walking. And let all your ways be established that you're purposefully walking the walk. Amen? Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. I've told you this many times before, but you were either asleep or, or tuned me out. When I'm doing weddings here at the church, one, the wedding, wedding rehearsal is probably one of the worst times of your life. Because it, 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 uh, people think everybody wants to be funny wants to make jokes and whatever. Trying to get people focused in, it's, it's tough. And the, we're preparing to have them walk down the aisle, okay? The, the bridesmaids are entering, okay? And they start at the back, and the music is playing, whatever music is playing, and they have their little bouquet, and the bridesmaids are walking down the aisle. And here's what happens when the bridesmaids are walking. They wander. They cannot walk down the middle of the aisle. They cannot. They cannot. <laughs> it is totally impossible. They're like they're on something. You know, they're just they're they're walking. Whatever. What is that? That little 
Because when they do that, then they're, they're moving that way, then they're moving that way, moving that way. It's kind of like the roller skate down, down the aisle. And, and, and so I said, no, no, quit looking. Quit looking every place else. See the crowd? You know, looked above the pulpit area, and up there is a cross. And if you will keep your eyes on the cross, you will walk straight down the center of the aisle. It's a fact. If you look to the right or the left, or <laughs> you're going to be a drunken sailor walking down. No, sorry sailors. But, but, but if you keep your eyes fixed on the cross, you'll walk right in the center of the eye. It's all about focus. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. We need to focus in on our walk. Because if we're just meandering, we're going to get off track. We're going to mess up. So, that brings me to a song. An old song. A song that was taught in the plantations when they were the missionaries, the, the Quakers, and other groups would go in and teach them English by teaching the slaves from Africa, teaching them Bible verses. And they weren't allowed to teach them to read, but they said, well, why can't we just teach them the Bible? Well, what harm can it do? And taught them scriptures, and as we said before, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. They were pouring into them. And then they would use those same things for scripture memorization. And boy, you know when you hide God's word in your heart, it can help you. Yeah. Or as my grandma did, it help you. It'll help you, Keeney. But one second here. Oh, this, this is a good one. Hold on, man. I'll get it started. Well, I really. It lets me. Oh, there it is. Oh, I don't know. Right. Right. You, you, you want a car? You want a car? It's an old song. The wheels on the car go around it. Keep in the 
the spirituals were were used to communicate the gospel and to lead people from slavery to freedom, you ought to do some research. Don't you look to the right? Don't you look to the left? Do what? <laughs> Keep your focus on your heavenly home. Look up, follow the cross. We're going to stop there for today. And, and you said, huh, oh, all right. Okay. Prayer requests today. I have several to share with you. Back row, next row. Yeah.
and he's just had a lot of things going on, radiation, chemo, all kinds of things. Also, uh, his goal was to hang in there till his granddaughter is born, grandchild is born in May, but the daughter went in with uh, some complications and problems last night, so be praying for her. Uh, I do not have the name. Okay. But uh, lots of needs. Uh, the board and I have some things to deal with, and we appreciate your prayers and for God's leading and guiding and directing. Uh, other prayer requests unsaved loved ones, yeah. unspoken requests, situations. Praise God. Well, let's uh, have several lead us out in prayer. And I'll close. And remember, keep in the middle of the road.
to instill in, in the hearts of the slavery. Um, they were in terrible, terrible conditions, and yet you were able to speak uh, through these missionaries. Lord, we thank you for the missionaries that we support that are around the world. And Lord, they are in troubled times today. And we ask that you would just minister to them. Lord, be with our children. Uh, be with Pastor Carissa. And uh, just minister to our youth, Lord. Help us to be, um, help us to be examples and to continue to lift them up. They, they are working in a world that's so much different than what we want. And Lord, we just ask that you would just keep them focused, keep them focused on you. Lord, we just praise you today. We just praise you for all that you are and all that you do. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for these proverbs and the depth of understanding that we can receive about how to live this life of faith. Father, we, we look at Solomon and you flowed through him by the Holy Spirit to write these down, but he did not allow those boundaries to stay in his own life. Father God, help us to communicate these to those younger than we, those that are newer in the faith than we, because they are important lessons. We pray, Father, that we would keep our hearts with all diligence, because out of them flow the issues of life. We lift up these needs that have been mentioned we pray for those that are, are facing imminent death unless you intervene. Father, give them the assurance that if they have called upon you, you are faithful. If any do not know you as Savior, we pray that you would send someone across their path, that you would send the Holy Spirit to touch words that have been shared in previous times with them, that they would have the wisdom to reach out to you in faith and call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. We pray, Father, for situations, uh, those unspoken needs that don't need to be shared publicly at this time, but but need your guidance, intervention, your wisdom, your instruction. Father God, we are totally dependent upon you guiding us. We mess up when we guide ourselves. We get in all the wrong places. Guide us by the Holy Spirit, we pray, and by your word. And we pray, Father, for the evening class tonight. 
We pray that you would gather souls here to study your word once again and to grow in strength and encouragement. We praise you for each one gathered here today. For those that are going to minister to the homeless by making the lunches today. For all of these things, we will give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't want to insert this in the prayer request. We've already we prayed for missionaries. But uh, we just heard back from our missionaries, the Hattiger, Mike Hattiger and family, were scheduled to be in the apartment uh, for the whole year. And uh, we had given them the keys, but we just hadn't seen them. And so I called him, and uh, he was out in Springfield. And the situation is, he said, Ken, he says, I'm going to have to give you the keys back. He said, we are finding itineration the toughest we've ever had. The offerings are barely covering our gas money to get places. We can't go back and forth as we would, would have planned. He said, so uh, when we're through the area, we'll give you a call. If, if it's open, we'll use it. If not, let somebody else do it. We had a waiting list of missionaries wanting some short-term stays in the apartment. What a blessing it is to our missionaries to have that. But really be praying for our missionaries that are itinerating. They're going from church to church and We've told you before, there's a lot of churches out there that are not really supporting our missionaries as they ought, as we're supposed to. But they are, they would rather fund their own little missions trips and forego supporting a missionary. Uh, it's not about us having a good time on the mission field. It's, it's about having experienced teachers of the word ministry there and uh, they're just going through it. They, they said they haven't put any money yet aside for their ministry. They have a cash budget and a pledge budget. We're already going to support them again but they haven't raised anything on their budget yet. They're just hand to mouth right now with, with gas and low offerings. So be praying for our missionaries. Which, which are, missionary is that? Mike Hattinger. Mike Hattinger. I, I know we support them yeah. too. But they're just going through it. And so he, he, he said we, we thank you for it and tell the folks thank you but he says we just cannot make it back and forth. He says we're going to be in Cleveland but it doesn't make any sense for us to do a service in Cleveland, drive to Columbus and back to Cleveland and it just doesn't make any sense. So, so be praying for our missionaries. So the, the path to the other side, you can go up the stairs and across through the sanctuary, or you can go across the bottom level and go up the stairs and across to the fireside. You can go outside, but there's the doors are not unlocked. So I would recommend going through the building going over. Yes. Uh, where's, where's the 
there was a basic understanding that your parents gave you, and a lot of that had to do with respect and not being rich. And if people just had respect, you know, it would be, things would be a step above where they ought to be, and I'm not justifying you. They're trampling down the boundaries like we're talking today, you know, it just, there's no boundaries anymore. Jesus did die on the cross. And you must be born again. But we're going to tell them there's plenty of time. That's unfortunate. I think that's the way my daughter's looking at it, you know. It's a good deal, but I really don't have time today. Yep. Don't have time. Well... We plot on, we keep trying, we keep praying, yeah. keep trying. We keep thinking about coming in the evening service. Yeah. She's not commercial, but it's proud of it. She says it's not. No, there it, it's will be a, seats. Yeah, there will be seats. We, we had uh, uh, several people that they were involved in some classes and things, for, what, and some sporting activities, and so oh. they were out. And, and uh, so. Uh, Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. We have a good time. We're in uh, Gospel of John, chapter ten, this week. Oh, we're not John, chapter ten. Probably hit this by six thirty. That's fine. Get here early enough. They have uh, snacks for sale over uh, nachos and things like that. You over the youth. Oh, wow. you know what's wrong with them? I, I, I put too much um, butter maybe in the butter, and so they have to use 